So this morning we begin this new series called Circles, Choose Wisely. It's a three-week series. It's going to take us right into Father's Day. And, and as we look at this series, we're going to find out how intentional Jesus was. Jesus was very intentional in choosing of his friends. He was very intentional on allowing people to come into his life. And hopefully we can kind of be that same way, because if we're supposed to be more like Jesus, we should be very intentional on what we do and how we try and portray him in our life. And see, every one of us has circles, has circles of friends. And, you know, if you were here Wednesday night, you would have found out that I'm an introvert. Now, some of y'all probably going, what? Pastor is an introvert. But wait, pastor, you get up there and speak all the time. Getting up here and speaking is a whole lot different than having one-on-one conversations. I'm very, you know, I'm okay with large groups of people, but put me in a room with people that I don't know, and odds are I won't say a word. I'll kind of sit back and I'll take everything in. Now, if I hear a conversation that, hey, I know what they're talking about, I may jump into the conversation but I'm not real big on one to start conversation. You know, and, and I've gotten better at it you know, being in church, and I'm sure I can't be the only one like that because I see some people back there smirking and shaking their head. So, so we'd be sitting in opposite corners of each other in a room and kind of look at each other and give a little nod, and that would be about it. You know, and that would be the whole conversation we'd have. But that's not the way Jesus is. It's not what Jesus calls us to do. And and being an introvert, it's hard to make friends. Because if I'm not going to talk to someone, and I'm not going to walk up and introduce myself, I'm probably never going to be friends with anybody. However, even an introvert does have friends. (laughs) You know, and, and I can look back and, you know, I still have friends from back in the day. You know, I got friends still from my neighborhood when I grew up. I grew up in a small neighborhood. You know, there's only like five streets. There was only one way into the neighborhood. You know, so I still have friends from the neighborhood. I have friends from when I was in the military. I have friends from different jobs along the way. But one thing I realized is, as I, when I accepted Christ and I started to change and started to walk like Christ, some of my friendships changed. Some of the friendships I had weren't the same friendships I had back then. And kind of as we we walk this walk, we kind of change our friendships a little bit. And I think what we're, you know, as we look at this today, you know, hopefully what we can do is realize that even though we have different circles of friends, that we can become very intentional with the friends that become our close friends. Because... You know, some people are more acquaintances than they are actual friends. So as we look at this today, hopefully we'll see that Jesus selected close friends that he depended on because he depended on his closest friends, but also that we as believers, uh, that we should use wisdom in selecting dependable friends as not to uh, all people are going to actually prioritize our same interest. So what we're going to do today is look at Jesus choosing three friends. Choosing three very intimate and close friends. 
So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. And all, as always, it will be up on this screen, but apparently not up on this screen. So anyways, <laughs> so let's go ahead and dig into God's Word. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and it says, As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's Word, he was standing by the lake of Gesineret, which is also the Sea of Galilee, he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one, one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little bit from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put up into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master Simon replied, We've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's son, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. So, Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, and we look at our circles, Lord, open up our eyes that we will see the circles that you want us to be in, and Lord, that we will hear from you in everything that we do, and Lord, may you be glorified through it all, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. So, Jesus modeled having a very small group of friends. He had a small group of people that he trusted in, and as we know him as the 12 disciples. But he had an even smaller group inside that. He had his own inner circle. And this passage shows us the beginning of that very friendship with Peter, John, and James. You know, and understand, they had conversations prior to this. They've met Jesus prior to this. They knew who Jesus was. And it started when Jesus was that actually baptized by John the Baptist. The three of these were actually there and saw it. They were at Cana at the, the first miracle of Jesus when he turned water into wine. The three of them were also there for that. And they were also with him in Judea. But what you see today is Jesus saying, look, I, you, you've been my acquaintance. You've been around where I've been. Well, now I want you to come and follow me. He wanted them to become that closer friendship and become that bond. So he was moving them from an outer circle to more of an inner circle of friendships and, and where they would be able to see and take more time with him. You see, Jesus was intentional in his calling. He was intentional in the people who followed him and, and understand that they were present. These three were present to see things that the other disciples didn't. 
These three were present when Jesus went into Jairus' house and raised his daughter from the dead. He was, they were present to see that, and even it's confirmed in Mark where it says he allowed no one to go with him but Peter and James and John. Remember, these three were also with him on the Mount of Transfiguration when they got to see Jesus in all of his glory. And in Matthew 17, 1, it says, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John. They were good friends. They were on his inner circle. They knew things. They got to see things that others didn't get to see. And each of us should have the same thing. We should have people in our inner circle that see things that others don't see. People that see the real us, people who see who we are, what we stand for, and where we're going in this life. But we've got to choose to allow them to be in there. And I think a lot of times when we look at someone who's going to be in our inner circle, it's advisable to have it be someone who's around you. You know, it can't be part of your 500 Facebook friends to say, oh, these are my closest friends because they're really not going to be in that close-knit time with you. You know, it's advisable to have someone who's actually close to you who can spend that time with you and take that time to be with you when you need them or when they need you. You know, and, and not everyone has our best interests in mind. So sometimes we may choose friends, but they're really not there for us. But we've got to remember, according to Proverbs 27, 9, it says this, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. So see, a good friend is sweet because the counsel that they offer us. They can offer us that sweet counsel. And, and, and understand, friends are a constant. They're there all the time. A friend should be with you all the time. If someone's really not with you all the time, you've got to start asking yourself, are they really my friend? Or are they just here for a convenience? Because you think about it, if... If you've got this friend, and, and you really love this friend, and, and this friend is like, they're amazing. They, they take me to all these cool places, and they always pay for my meals, and, and they do all this. Are they really your friend? Because when you think about when they stop paying for things, or they stop doing things, are you really still going to be their friend? Or on the reverse side of it, are you the one doing all this stuff, and then you decide man, I lost my job, I can't buy this anymore. All of a sudden, your friends go to the wayside. And you start becoming amazed, say, wait a minute, I thought we were close friends. I thought you were going to be there for me, and, and now they're not there for you at all. And we need to understand that a close friend loves at all times because Jesus loved at all times. And if we're to be like Jesus, we need to love just like he loved. I think your choice of friends reveals who you are. It really reveals who you are. Proverbs 18, 24 says this, One who has, unreli has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. <clears throat> so we see Jesus had this inner circle. And, and I don't know how many of y'all enjoyed math, but I'm going to take you back to middle school math for a minute. Y'all remember a Venn diagram? Can I get it up on the screen? 
Y'all remember this from math? So you got three different circles here, and all the circles interjoin each other. But the middle where it's yellow, that's where all the commonality is. That, that's where everything that's in common between all three circles sits. So y'all remember these? I hated math. But, but understand that th this represents us with each other because we all have these circles. We have these circles of friends. So like circle number one could be like your, your work friends. Circle number two, maybe your church friends. Circle number three, maybe families or whatever it may be. And, and I'd encourage you to actually take this and do this. So then you turn around and say, hey, friends, I've got him you know, between church and work, this is where they kind of connect. Well, this is where these others, so you start bringing people closer and closer. And, and when you start bringing people closer to that inner circle, you may have to test them a little bit. <clears throat> you may have to, you know, kind of throw them a bone every once in a while to see how they react to it, to see if they really belong in that inner circle. Now understand, Jesus tested Peter, John, and James. All three of them were tested by Jesus. And all three of them eventually passed the test that they ended up in that inner circle. And, and I'd encourage you to start looking at where people are at in your circles and start looking for that commonality. And as you're looking for that commonality, and if you're a Christ follower, the people in that yellow part should also be what? Christ followers. Now, it's not saying you can't have non-Christian friends, because you can. But understand that that core, that, that core value, that inner circle of yours, is where your faith lies. Your, your faith lies within Jesus. So, so ultimately, your inner circle should be <clears throat> thinking, acting, and pursuing what you're pursuing, correct? Correct? Okay, don't be shy now. You know, so I want to encourage you, make them circles and, and remember that as you're doing this and as you're looking at friends, that <clears throat> friends always look out for the best. They look out for the best for each other. As it says in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So if you're going to have adversity, you know, there's that time of, they're going to have to look out for you best. They're going to have to be looking out for what's best for you. And, and Jesus actually called Peter, John, and James to go into deep water with them. You, you think about, they were called to go in <clears throat> to deep water. They were going to go through a lot being close to Jesus. And, and even, you know, you even go back to the story, and besides, you know, going into the deep water with the life of Jesus, imagine Peter, who was a fisherman, been fishing all night, didn't get a bite. That'd be like me going to Jerry. He'd been out fishing all day long, bass fishing, didn't get a bite all day long, and me saying, hey, Jerry, <clears throat> take me to that spot right there and go ahead and throw the line out. Jerry going to be like, brother, I've been here all night long. I've been fishing all day. Can't you see this sunburn? I'm tired. I want to go home. <clears throat> but then Jerry goes out there and he casts and catches a trophy bass. Catch the biggest bass he's ever caught in his life. 
This is basically what Jesus did. Jesus told them, hey, I know you've been fishing all night. I know that's your occupation. I know that's what you're doing, but let's go out here and throw out your nets. They caught the biggest catch they'd ever caught. So big that Peter had to call James and John to come help them, and then their boats almost sank. So you think in their business life, this is the best they could ever get. And what they do? They left it all behind. They left it all behind at that very moment after getting the biggest catch of their entire life, overflowing, sinking two boats. They left it all to follow Jesus. Why? Because they knew Jesus had better circles and was a better circle than the circle of friends they currently had. So they had to take that step of obedience and take that next step to become closer to that inner circle of Jesus. And I think sometimes we need to look at doing that same thing. But also remember that as a friend and as we're bringing people closer to that inner circle, they need to be with us through all seasons. We can't have fair weather friends. And we all can probably think of some fair weather friends that we've had in our past. You know, they were there with us when the times were good and when times got bad is, hello, hello, they're nowhere to be found. All of a sudden they change your phone number, you can't even call them anymore. Or maybe you were one of them ones who changed the number so they couldn't call you anymore. You know, it, but we, we can't have these fair weather friends. And, and you know, in, in the business world, businesses look at relationships a little different. You know, in the business world, they do networking. And y'all know what networking is, right? You go out and, and they hook up all these people that have commonalities together. And then you walk up and, hey, Giacomo, we're both electricians, man. It's so great. How you doing, brother? You shake hands, you exchange business cards. And what do you end up with? A desk full of business cards. Because there's nothing more than that. There's nothing more than that nine to five, hey, commonality, we happen to be electricians. Hey, cool. Other than that, there's nothing in common and we move on. But in business, that makes sense. Because in business, if all of a sudden, man, I need another electrician, I know who I'm going to call. But understand, there's really no relationship there. It's more just about a service to go back and forth with each other. And you think about it is... is a fellow, someone who does the same trade as me, are they going to be there during, you know, my hard times? No, you know why? Because they're going to be out doing their own thing. Real relationships start by knowing each other. Real relationships are more than just shaking hands and passing a business card. Real relationships take work. Real relationships last forever. Most of your business contacts last as long as you happen to have that business card on your desk or their contact information into your computer. And as soon as IT updates something, all your contacts are gone, so you don't have them anymore anyways. But real relationships last forever, and they continue to move on. You know, you think about it, if you love someone and it's a meaningful friendship or a meaningful relationship... You're going to worry about that person. You're going to be there for good times and hard times. And sometimes them hard times could last a little while, but you're going to be there with that person through it all. Think of, think of the prodigal son. 
the prodigal son, he took all of his riches, everything from his dad, and it says he went off to a foreign land. And he splurged and wasted all of his money. He partied. Man, I bet he had some friends. You think so? Man, he was buying first round, second round, last round. He was having the big parties. Everyone was coming over. He was roasting pigs. He was, it was a blast until the famine hit. Now, you notice it says he squandered all of his money. So he had to have friends he squandered her with. But when the famine came, where were his friends? Nowhere to be found, right? Where did he end up? Feeding pigs. A young Jewish boy feeding pigs because while he was up and almighty, he had friends. As soon as he hit his low of lows, they all left him. And unfortunately, we have friends the same way. And we kind of treat some people the same way. Hey, I'm there as long as you're paying. If you're paying, we'll go to Ruth Chris. If I'm paying, we'll go on to Burger King. <laughs> you know, but, but we need to understand that true friends are there through thick and thin. True friends are going to be there through it all. And, and understand that, you know, every one of us, unfortunately... Jesus had a Judas. Every one of us in our life have a Judas. And no matter how hard or how picky we may be with our friends, we're going to end up with a Judas as a friend. Because in this world, you're going to have trouble. We need to be wise when we choose our friends. But even if we go through our wiseness and look at everything, we can still end up with a Judas. We, we can end up with a Judas in, his, in our life. And, and you think about this. Think of everything, the torment that Jesus went through because of Judas. But Jesus called him a friend. Jesus loved him and even washed his feet. Very well knowing that Judas was going to betray him, he still called him a friend. He still called him a friend. And that's, I don't understand it. Because if I knew he was going to betray me, I definitely wouldn't have washed his feet. I don't know if I would call him a friend. But that's why Jesus is Jesus and I'm not. We're, we're told not to repay evil with evil. And we get a perfect example of that with Jesus and Judas. Jesus knew, but he still called him a friend and he still loved him. He still washed his feet and he still hung with them. Think about it. Judas was with Jesus for almost three years. He was with him for almost three years. He saw miracles. He saw people giving their life back. He saw mute people be able to speak. He saw people who were demon-possessed, who were able to walk, <clears throat> who were able to live again and had that freedom. He saw the lame walk. He saw leopards healed. He saw all of this stuff. He saw it all. But the problem was Judas was selfish. And selfish people become a Judas. So don't become the selfish person in your friendship or in your circles of relationships. Because then besides just having a Judas as a friend, you could actually be that Judas. And unfortunately, I think all of us have a little bit of Judas inside of us because we all have that little me, myself, and I. But we need to be able to move past that and understand that friends can add value to our lives. 
Friends can add value to what we do as we continue to move forward. Even sometimes a Judas can add value to what we're doing in our life because they can keep us going on. Because think about it, in a time of trouble, real friends are going to be there. When it's time of trouble, your friends will be there. If you're in need, your friends are going to be there. So at the same time, I would encourage you, be there for your friends when they are in trouble and be there for your friends when they're in need. Because if they do it for you, you should do it for them. And value your relationships. Value the relationships you have in your life. Because some of us never take that relationship and put any type of value to it. Friendships are very important. Having close friends means a lot. And that's coming from an introvert. Memorial Day is not a good day for me. It's not a good weekend. Because it reminds me and it brings back memories of past. Of good friends who were there. Good friends who were there and gave that ultimate sacrifice. I could rely on them. They could rely on me. We, we had, when you looked at circles of friends, they were that inner circle. They were, they were the inner circle, and, and, and you got to value those relationships. It's a man named Henry Nowen who actually did just this. He was, he was a professor at Stanford University. He was this prolific writer. And, and at the peak of his career, really about to become well-known for who he was, he actually left his job as a professor at Stanford and left his job as a writer to go to work for an organization called the ARC. And what the ARC is, it's, this, it's for people that live within intellectual disabilities. So they have not all the ability, intellectual abilities of, of people in life, and, and people come to share time with him. So he left this high-profile professor job at Harvard being a prolific writer, to go and spend time with people who were intellectually challenged. So that everything he did, everything he strove for, being a professor, being this writer and everything else, none of it mattered. What mattered was he could be Jesus with skin on. He could show love to others, and it didn't matter where he came from or all the power and everything that he had, he was able to take that time and give up his past to be with people who showed Jesus with skin on. I think some of us need to do the same thing. Do we surround ourselves with people who love Jesus? And like I said, it's not that I'm saying we shouldn't have friends that aren't Christ followers, because all of us do have friends that are Christ, not Christ followers. But I think that as we get closer to Jesus and as we get closer to that inner circle, can you put the Venn diagram back up? As, as we get closer to that inner circle, the people should have the same belief system as us. We should be going through life with that commonality of Jesus and, and enjoying our life together. You know, and I know it happens that, you know, many people... Um, 
say that they're Christians and they're not. So, you know, they got their work friends up there in zone number one. And their work friends would be surprised to find out that, hey, you know, I'm a Jesus follower. Hey, can you come to my inner circle where some of these people know about Jesus? Because they'll probably look at you like, what? You know Jesus? You know, because you're, you're one of those Christians who talked about a couple weeks ago that, if, you know, because you live this double life, you live this one life with your Christian friends. So, <clears throat> oh, your little inner circles, you know, they're kind of Christianese a little bit. They kind of maybe, you know, the CEOs, Christmas and Easter only church going people, you know, so, so they're in that. And, and then your really close ones are in that inner circle and, and, and you're trying to figure it all out. And you got friends going, what? You got friends who are Christians? No way, dude, we were just at the bar last night. Dude, you were drunk as a skunk. Man, dude, don't you remember we were doing that line of coke together over here? You mean you're a Christ follower? Dude, we were at the strip club together. You're, you go to, you're going to church tomorrow morning? But see, we have these people in our outside zones, one, two, and three, that may be totally shocked when they come to that inner zone. <clears throat> Maybe totally surprised. Because we don't live that life, we live this double life. And at some point in our life, we need to decide, are you going to be sold out for Jesus or are you going to continue to live a double life? Because unfortunately, I think some of us who live them double lives are going to hear them, these words, depart from me, I did not know you. I think them are the scariest words in the Bible. And then you're going to be saying, but wait, I was at church more than three times a year, more than the average. I went at least once a month to church. Come on, Jesus. I, I, I led some people to follow you. Depart from me. I do not know you. Living that double life. Living our entire life in one, two, or three, or sharing that separate life in one, two, and three, and not trying to bring people to that inner circle, which is Jesus. Bringing people to know Jesus. And if you've got someone who's in a one, two, and three, and you don't know, I would start praying for them now. Start praying for them that they'll come to know Jesus and start praying for Jesus to tell you how and when to talk to them about him. And maybe you'll be convicted that you've been straddling that line. You've been living on the fence. One foot in the world, one foot in, in the church. Because there's way too many Christians out there today who do exactly that. And it's very easy to do that in a lot of churches. Because a lot of churches don't preach heaven and hell. The difference from one of your friends being way up in number one and being in the yellow center, the difference is where they're going to spend eternity. Do you want them as a friend to spend eternity with you in heaven? Or are you going to let them spend eternity in hell because you want to live on the fence? Check your circles. And you may have circles that are outside of these circles that, man, I ain't even bringing them into one of these close circles. They're way out there. And that's okay. Them are the ones you may want to pray for first to at least get them into a one, two, three circle. But ultimately, 
We want to have them close friends. Jesus, if nothing else, taught us how we should have a small group of friends that we can rely on that are going to be there for us. And even though they all scattered the night before Jesus got betrayed and Peter denies him three times, he forgave them all and they continued. And we are here today because of his close friends, because of that close circle of friends. Do you have a close circle of friends that can change and impact the world today? And if you don't have that close-knit set of friends, you need to start working on it or look at yourself and make sure you're not the Judas in the group. Because we can lose friends by being selfish. Open up. Take time this week and make some circles. And start figuring out where your friends are at. And if anyone's outside that middle, start praying for them. That God will show you a way to bring them into the middle. Imagine us as a church, if we, ever, if we as a church focused on getting everybody in the middle. How much will we impact our families, our friends, and our communities by being obedient and bringing people into a closer relationship with us, which brings them to a closer relationship with Jesus? Wouldn't that be pretty amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing to get to heaven and have all your close friends there? Because unfortunately, some of us have some close friends that aren't going to be there. Jesus selected close friends that he could depend on. And we as Christians, or we as believers, should use wisdom in selecting dependable friends as not all people are going to prioritize our best interests. Take time this week to start looking at that. Are you really a friend? Because understand, if, if you're a friend of Jesus, then your friends need to come to know Jesus. Your friends should know Jesus. And maybe you're one of them who's on that fence. And maybe your coworkers be shocked that, oh, do you follow Jesus? You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Man, I would have never expected that from you. And maybe you're here and you don't even know Jesus as your own friend. That's where it starts. Because in order to bring a friend to Jesus, you got to know Jesus, right? In order to befriend someone to show them the love of Jesus in their life, you've got to know Jesus yourself. So if you're sitting there waiting to say, well, I got to get it all together, you're going to be waiting a long time. You're going to be waiting forever to get it all together. Everyone in this room and everyone joining us for church online is just as messed up as everybody else. We all have issues. We all fall short. Even God's word says that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But yet God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where that relationship starts. And like any relationship, once you accept Jesus, it's, it's taking time to get to know him. And you get time to know him by spending time in his word. 
spend time in his word, getting connected to a body of believers that actually teach God's word. Get involved in Bible studies and life groups. Take time on your personal time to dig into God's word because that's how you're going to find out more about him. And once you got Jesus in that inner circle, bring your friends in with you. So if you haven't accepted Jesus, I'd encourage you to take that step and accept him today because today is the day of salvation. And maybe you're one of them ones who your friends will be like, Dude, you go to church? Maybe you need to come up here to the altar and start saying, God, show me how to be more like you. Show me how to be Jesus with skin onto my friends. Maybe you live in that double life and it's time to take off that mask and, and show people who you really are. And the question is, are you really for Jesus or are you really for this world? Are you using godly wisdom or are you using worldly wisdom to pick your friends? I think all of us need to pray about that. But I encourage you, take time this week, take time today. You can come up to the altar. I'll be off to the side if you want to come pray with me. But make sure your friendship and that relationship with Jesus is right. And then look at the relationships around you. And get people into that inner circle where it's all about Jesus. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we just thank you, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that we can look to you to see how we should choose faith. Because they were obedient to your call and they went and made disciples of all nations. They went and spread the gospel, your gospel, around this world. And Lord, may we continue to do the same. May we be you with skin on to everyone that we meet. Lord, if we come across someone that needs to know your love, that, that they'll be able to look to us and see your love through us. And Lord, that we will start looking to you in our friendships also. So Lord, I ask that you be with us through this week and bring us back. And Lord... We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give. Um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church. And especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com. And on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.